Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo here with Epiphany Communications, coaching and consulting. I'm really excited about our next guest joining us. It's been a while since I've interviewed him. He was just recently inducted into the Michigan Military and Veterans Hall of Honor. And uh, former police chief Isaiah McKinnon, Dr. Ike McKinnon, attended Cass Tech High School in Detroit he holds a doctorate in higher education administration from MSU, a master's in criminal justice from Mercy College of Detroit, a bachelor's in history and law enforcement from the University of Detroit. He served in the United States Air Forces from 1961 to 65. He attended basic training in Texas and spent three years at the Air Force Base in North Dakota. During his last year in the military, he served overseas in the Philippines and Vietnam. He credits his time in the military, his family, and his faith as the foundations for his success. McKinnon, uh, Ike McKinnon, after his military service, joined the Detroit Police Department. He served from 1965 to 84 and positions increasing responsibility where he was appointed chief in 1993, serving the role until 1998. He's one of the first African-American officers in the city of Detroit Police Department, he, uh, Ike credits his strength of character and his spirit propelled him to serve as a deputy mayor of Detroit from 2013 to 2016. He's a speaker and an author, and he's with us right here on It's Your Community. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Chief, and for me, you'll always be the chief. Vanessa, <laughs> you really did your homework. Thank you. <laughs> you, you, can, you can be my speaker. Right <laughs> So let's first talk about the time you served in the military. And I, I had the pleasure of serving with you on a board at Sacred Heart Major Seminary. And you shared some military stories with us one day over dinner. And they were just incredible. And you've written uh, three books now, right, Chief? Three books? Yes, yes so, I have. So let's talk about the military. We just came off of Veterans Day. And first, I want to thank you for your service to our country. Um, but what would you say mm -hmm. was the greatest benefit for your career serving in the military? Well, the military teaches you certainly discipline, but it also teaches you as you travel to get to know uh, and respect other people. I remember, um, uh, you know, when you're in basic training, Vanessa, they, they ask you, where do you want to be assigned once you leave here? I said, I want to go to Germany. And they said, wow. okay. So they sent me to Minot, North Dakota. You know, so we, <laughs> we laughed about that. You know, and it, and it was so hot down in in Texas. Uh, it was hot every day, and then it was twenty five below in Minot, North Dakota. So I said, "Boy, oh boy, this is something." Anyway, so I spent three years there. I was working the Strategic Air Command, where I worked on B fifty two bombers. I worked on on the missiles that we have there, and then uh, they sent me to uh, Vietnam where it was from 25 below zero to 95 degrees every day for a year over in Vietnam. But but I learned, I really did learn about the uh, partnership. I, I learned about discipline and, and about so many different people. It was, you know, there's so many different groups in the military, but there's also many people from around the world. As I traveled through the Philippines, I traveled through uh, Thailand, and and uh, Vietnam and that th those are the basic things that were so important for me to learn. Mm -hmm. 
you know, a fellow friend of ours, uh, Brigadier General Carol M. Fasson, brought it to my attention that you were inducted into the Michigan Military Veterans Hall of Honor. What does it mean to you, Chief, this this honor? You know, that, that is one of the, the greatest honors one can have. The Michigan Military uh, uh, Veterans Hall of Honor. Uh, you know, I, I told my sons and, and my granddaughter, I said, this is probably the greatest honor I'll have to be in this. And that that's forever. You know, I, 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 I truly enjoyed my time in the military. And to be inducted into this uh, group that it, it goes so much into your civic achievements and the military achievements. And I think that people don't really think that much about uh, what they do certainly in the military, but after your time in the military, the things that you can do and will do to help so many people. And that's what I'm still trying to do. You know, uh, we're talking with Dr. Ike McKinnon here on It's Your Community. And Chief, you have spent majority of your career protecting and serving this country, <laughs> this community, our city, our great city of Detroit. Did you always see yourself taking this path, your career path as a young boy? I knew that I wanted to become a police officer. And because of it, uh, there's two gentlemen that really had a profound impact upon my life. One was a man by the name of Mr. Bunch. I, I delivered coal for him. This is how old I am, Vanessa. In, in the 50s, in 1953, 1954, I delivered coal for him uh, to these people who had coal sold. And when there was a, a slow time, he would talk to me about travel. He would talk to me about life. But most of all, he would talk to me about reading. And so I remember this one day, uh, he said to me, talk to me about this, this, this one book. And he says, you ever uh, hear of Marian Anderson? I didn't know who Marian Anderson was. He took me up to the main library there. And he, he got me this book that had uh, her story, but also the songs that she sang. Mm. And I went, wow. And so that, that was number one. Number two was Mr. Hughes, who was my seventh and eighth grade teacher. And, and they talked to me, he talked to me about becoming uh, a man, about growing up to serving our community, regardless of who you are and were. And he, he talked about the fact that you know, no matter what happens, no matter where you go, you have to literally stand tall and do the best that you can to help people. And so those two people had this profound impact on my life, along with my dad. I mean, my dad was the one person who did and said so many things that, that touched my life and, and gave me guidance and, and in my life. Did Stand Tall message inspire the book, Stand Tall? That's why I titled it, absolutely. Uh -huh. I yes, think if, 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 if people look at, let's stand tall in whatever we do. Let's stand tall to help people. Let's talk, stand tall to do the, what's right with people. And then that became the, the bottom line for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a big proponent on giving books as stocking stuffers, and we're heading into that season. Uh, and so your book would be a great gift. What was the intended audience, Chief, when you wrote that book, Stand Tall? It was who, whoever wanted to understand or try to learn about this person who, that, that being me, who had had a, had a wonderful life. I mean, it was very difficult because of some of the things that I went through, being shot at. I was shot at seven times. I was stabbed twice, but I survived through it. And there's no anger or hatred in my heart. 
at those people, but I try to uh, use it to show people that regardless of the circumstances you you came up under, the, the things that happened with you in your life, that you could uh, be a and should be a good person. Mm -hmm. You know, Chief, there's recent reports. In fact, there was one that came out in 2022 that there is a, a very low recruitment in all branches of the military in the United States. You know, and it's, it is a concern. What would you say to people listening about the value of serving the armed forces? And, you know, if those considering uh, would talk to a branch of the military. There is no question that the military is so important, obviously, to our country, but to the, the learning and guidance uh, of so many young people. I truly believe that everyone should serve at least some time in the military for the discipline plaque but also to help and serve our country. Well, what happens if, if our country is attacked? What happens if we don't have enough people to fill the recruitment that we need uh, to, uh, to protect us? I, I, I really believe that we should have uh, some mandatory time for everyone, uh, and maybe it's one year or two years. I think the Israelis do that, and probably some other countries. But I, I, that's, I truly believe that. I mean, I, mm -hmm. it was so important for me and so many of the people that i was in the service with that today even to this day they're saying the same thing that uh, there should be some some mandatory time uh, to help everyone uh, to, to grow in in the military you know you served the air force united states air force uh, we're talking with dr ike mckinnon here on it's your community was there a reason you chose that branch was there was an interest in that branch opposed to another branch uh, you know vanessa i'm glad you asked because <laughs> I love the Air Force. In 1956, I saw this movie with James Stewart called Strategic Air Command. And uh, Vanessa, they had these planes in this movie that was flying. It looked so great. And I said, boy, boy I want to join the Air Force. I really do. Now, I never thought that I would be part of Strategic Air Command, but I, I wanted to fly. And when I joined in 61, uh, what happens? They sent me from basic training to North Dakota and, and to work in strategic air command and wow. to a B-52 bomber or KC-135. I mean, that that was the, the height, <laughs> literally, of, of what one could do. I loved it. I loved it. And, and to this day, I, I get a thrill uh, when I when I get into a plane and I flash back to uh, all the times that I flew whether it's in North Dakota or flew in Vietnam uh, or wherever my, my, I might have flown, it was so, uh, it, 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 was, it was just exhilarating to do that. I, I've, I've told stories certainly to my sons, uh, but now to my granddaughter about how much I love to fly. Yeah, you. I, I've heard some of your stories and I love them. They're just so fascinating. And, you know, um, Chief, what people may not realize about you, you also have a wonderful singing voice. We found that out <laughs> as a police chief. Uh, tell us where that inspiration came from. Well, as a young boy, now here's one that you would never believe. As a young boy, the singer that I loved to listen to was none other than Hank Williams. Mm, okay. <laughs> yes, yes, a country singer. My, love, uh -huh. my, my mother loved country music. Uh -huh. Every morning we were listening to country uh, Hank Williams, and I was really uh, taken back when he passed away. I think in 1951, and so I, I used to try and impersonate uh, 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 Hank Williams. I mean, uh -huh. 
you're cheating hard and all those kinds of songs. But as as I grew up, it, it became more of you know, I, I my the 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 song the the uh, singer that I really really like most of all is Johnny Mathis. I mean, mm. I, I really started listening to Johnny Mathis in 1956. Here's one for you, Vanessa. <laughs> so when I was chief. I was at the Fox Theater, my wife and I, to see Johnny Mathis. And my my bodyguard at that time, he came over and he said, Chief, when the show is over, don't leave. I thought something was happening because there was always something major going on. Yeah. Anyway, so the show was over. And so he said, let's go out this side door here. So he walked out the side door and then he took me up the, up the steps and there's Johnny Mathis standing. Oh, that is oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. And so Johnny Mathis says to me, I always knew that the women love my music, but never the big cops or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said, when did you uh, start liking my music? And I told him the story, 1956. And then he said, what's, what's uh, the favorite song? I said, well, it's stand there just a moment, darling, let me catch my breath. He said, Moonlight Becomes You. I said, yes, that's it. He said, let's sing it. <laughs> so uh, I sang The Fox Theater with Johnny Mathis. No way. <laughs> well, that is awesome. When was oh, that, Chief? What year would you remember that? Probably my, my second year as Chief. Oh, wow. What a memorable moment. You've probably had so many, but that's got to have obviously stand out for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And my wife, we've probably seen Johnny Mathis 13 or 14 times. Wow. Well, we've been married for 48 years. So, but uh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. So, Chief, after your retirement from law enforcement as a police chief of Detroit, you went on to a speaking and writing career. You consult, you speak, you coach. Tell us about what you've been doing since your retirement from the Detroit Police Department. Well, my my first move was to go to the University of Red Mercy as a professor. And I, I taught there until I retired three years ago. And I really loved that, uh, uh, being a part of the, the, the Department of Education uh, and, and doing that. I mean, I met so many wonderful young people who, ironically, I'm still in contact with them. Uh, <laughs> I celebrated my 80th um, a birthday uh, uh, in uh, June, and some of the students came to my my party. Uh, my, my wife invited us, you know, and we all had a great time. Anyway, but I still maintain contact with so many of the young people. And after, in, in addition to doing the, the the teaching, what I did was I I did a lot of consulting and a lot of writing. I, of course, you know, I do, do a lot of op-ed pieces and yes. uh, on, on topical issues. And I'll probably do some more of that too, because I think that it's important for people with my background and expertise to, to do as much as we can with that. In addition to that, I um, have partners in a uh, security company called City Shield. Mm. And we have probably 1,200 uh, employees Oh wow! Uh, and, oh yeah, yeah. So this this is really good. I mean, Al Shenuda and uh, Ron Fleming, uh, we are all partners. We started this company a few years ago. Uh, I'm not as uh, actively involved with some as some, but but I'm 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 their go-to person to help uh, with the growth and training and things like that. Do you ha- you have a lot of former police officers and military men working for you? 
Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I think so. Which I think is one of the best things we can do. Yeah. Uh, because they have that discipline. They yeah. That. Yeah. And the background for security. That's right. The background and the training. Yeah. The training, yeah. the background. And then, and and so, um, so you went ventured into becoming a business person too, a bit, <laughs> owning your own business. That's awesome. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I'll be blessed with your energy and drive at 80 years old. I hope I am. <laughs> I, I too share a birthday in June. So happy birthday to you, uh, Chief. Happy you 80th. You. What a big, big milestone there. So, you know, what, where do you see yourself in terms of writing? You see more books in the future? I, you know, I have so <laughs> people say, I, you know, you have all these, these ideas. I, I, I really do. I, um, I'm inspired by a, a number of people uh to to think about writing and I, i'm always watching to see who uh, uh, i can uh, emulate um there, there's a, a woman who was a, a a former professor at wayne state dr danielle mcguire who now lives uh, out west and she's written these wonderful books and I, we talk quite often about things that we want to write and and share and, and help people my bottom line right now is to do as much as I can uh, with helping, uh, doing writing about making sure that I can have an impact upon the lives of people, the positive lives. You know, um, uh, I I met, had the pleasure of meeting uh, a great number of people, and uh, uh, Nelson Mandela was one of those people. Mm -hmm. We we he asked me why did I want to become a police officer, and I told him. And he said, what you want to do is continue to share that message with as many people as possible. And so I, I did that in law enforcement. I did that in education. And now I want to continue to do that uh, as much as possible, uh, as long as I'm around uh, mm -hmm. to, to help. And you're speaking. So, so Chief, people listening to you that maybe want to hire you for speaking, how do they do that? How do they reach you? Well, they can, they can reach me uh, at... Um, uh, uh, at City Shield, and we can. I, I don't have the number with me, but just go on. Okay, so, that's Shield. fine. They could Google yeah. it. We'll we'll put it in the link here. And let me yeah. let me ask you this, Chief. You've seen a lot in your career. Looking at the world today, what concerns you most? The lack of uh, respect and honesty. Mm. Uh, this really bothers me because we have people who just don't respect people. Yeah, they, they really don't. Uh, and. Uh, they uh there's a lack of honesty yeah in, in what we're trying to do it's it, it truly scares me because you know i was in the military when we almost went to war with uh the soviet union in 1963 uh and i can honestly say that that was one of the times that as a young man in the uh in the military i said boy oh boy you know we're not going to make it i mean how many people are going to survive uh, this nuclear war, because that's what it would lead to. So right now we have something similar to that, but within the country itself, uh, this lack of respect and lack of honesty, lack of trust, uh, these are things that, that are really bothering me. You know? Yeah. And the lack of ability to cross political lines and work together for common good is what frustrates me. Oh, you know, uh, yes. yeah, we used to be able to do that. I remember that as a reporter, you know, you didn't always agree, but you found a way to find common ground. It's like we're so divisive today. I never thought I'd see this. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And it, it appears as if it's it's getting worse. Yeah. And with everybody. And and for people to swear at people or to say things that you, you just wouldn't believe that they would say and do. 
Yeah. And, and they laugh at it, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. So common decency, common good, you know, it's like we're yes. spewing hatred instead of love out in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like the, what's the song by the, uh, put a little love in your heart. Yeah. Like, what the world needs now, Jackie DeShannon, that was yeah. it. What the world needs now is love, 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 but we don't have that, unfortunately. No. So, no. I mean, I'll continue to speak. I'll continue to write. Uh, uh, and, and maybe that next book is going to be Let's Love or something like that. Yeah, so, you ain't kidding. Well, we kind of took God out of everything. We got to bring back God and oh, love. Yeah. <laughs> I can get in a whole nother tangent about oh, that, but oh, yes. we're, we're talking with Dr. Ike McKinnon here on It's Your Community, former police chief. Uh, author, speaker. Uh, he was uh, recently inducted into Michigan Military Vet and Veterans Hall of Honor 2023 uh, veteran inductee. You know, what was, um, you know, what was one of your, you, you shared some of your favorite moments, but any other favorite moments about being our police chief that you want to share that you, you know, remember uh, that really always uh, brings a smile to you or anything you want to share about the work you did in the Detroit Police Department? Oh, oh, oh certainly. Well, this is a um, a happy but a sad moment. Mm -hmm. um, there's, uh, I remember I received this call from this police officer, uh, and uh, he said, uh, "Chief, I need your help." I said, "What can I do for you?" He said, "Well, there's this little boy I met uh, over in Windsor, and uh, he said he's he's having the worst time, and we think that he's dying." Uh, but uh, he wants to be a police officer. So I invited him and his parents, he was eight years old, his, him and his parents over to 1300 Bobian to my office. His name was Danny Steinke. Hmm. And um, they came over and this little boy, I, uh, he he looked as if he'd lost his every friend. He was losing his hair from, uh, he had cancer. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, um, so I invited him and I made him chief for the day. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, uh, and it was so good because he, he he was he was he was just thrilled, and his his mother said, you know, it just made his whole uh, day and life better. Anyway, so Danny and I became friends. I and I took him up in a helicopter, we were on the horses, and and uh, I, I uh, Darren McCarty, great guy. Uh, so I called the, the Red Wings and Darren McCarty took Danny on the ice. Ah. He took, uh, and, and Chris Osgood, I don't know if Chris remembers this, but Chris Osgood, they, they, and uh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And in fact, uh, they let him score a goal, you know, as, as Danny skated around. And I was so happy about that. And so I would take Danny uh, to uh, the, um, Red Wings games and or to other uh, events, and he just loved it. He was so excited. You know, he he passed away about twelve years later, but during that time, his mother talked about how happy it was and how that made Danny feel so good to feel special. Uh, and that that is one thing that just stays with me forever, forever and ever. And they invited me at Danny's funeral to speak. To deliver mm. eulogy, and I did, and that's that's one of the the, the most important things I remember uh, uh, during the time that I was chief of police. You know, that's probably one of those stories that needs to be in your next book, Chief, about love. <laughs> Talk about having a big heart. 
God oh. bless you and all that you have done and continue to do for the greater good of this of this country and this community. Uh, Chief, any last words before we let you go here in It's Your Community? I, I love the title, It's Your Community, because you know our, our country is our community and yeah. we have to do all that we can to make a difference. So let all of us stand tall. Let's stand tall for each and every one of us and let's be healthy, happy, and as you said, uh, bring bring God back into our lives. Yeah, amen to that. And Chief's book's available at Amazon.com. He's authored uh, several books. You can go check them out there. They're great stocking stuffers, everybody. <laughs> great stocking stuffers, Chief. Thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you for having me. God bless you and all that you do. And thank you again for your service. If any questions or comments, show topics you want me to get to, you can get to me, Vanessa Denha, by going to epiphanycommunications.com. You can private message me there or find me on any of my social media platforms. I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, Epiphany Communications, and you can message me there as well. As always, we remind you, our listeners, to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. We'll catch you next time right here on It's Your Community. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.